everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. It's not about how much money you earn, it's about how much money you burn. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Mm. I, I am just summer ahead of time. Oh. I was on the roof. I was like, you know, working before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nice here. I'm happy. And I have a sour that is, it's combining all my favorite things. Cause it's a sour beer that I love, and mm-hmm. it's aged in oak barrels, mm-hmm. which... You know, is obviously key. Yep. And there's strawberries in it. Oh, so it's a fruited know? sour aged in oak. Mm. Who makes yeah. it? What What is it? It is from Epic Brewing. Okay. Yeah, here in Colorado, baby. Yeah. I. You know, it kind of pisses me off that all good things seem to be in Colorado. <laughs> all beer. Yeah, all good beer is... It, tends to come from here the other day i was i was like what made matt move there why is all the why does everything have to be over there <laughs> yeah i did it i did it for the beer did it for the beer <laughs> what are you drinking sir uh, i don't know <laughs> I, thought it, I, I, I thought it'd be fun i i had to go to my buddy's house uh to pick up a key from his mom because he lives in norway and mm. he offered me some beer or his mom offered me beer but you know as a gift or whatever i have a can of beer here that has no label on it Oh, shit. And it was canned on at the bottom uh, December 4th of 2018. And then it says the words hammer time. Now so we're I, talking. <laughs> so I don't, I'm going to open it. I have no idea what it is, what kind of style it is. I'm going to pour it in this glass. And Wait, it is dark. Who's that? Who's that behind you? Is that MC Hammer behind you? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Oh, that's touch. Can't touch this. Hammer time. Yeah. Same. Mm. Okay. So it's um. Looks like a stout. Porter, maybe. It's a porter. It's a porter. It's good. Actually, it's really good. So it's a. It. It's, I guess the official basic, name though. is Hammer Time, the Nordic Porter. Maybe so. I. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. It's it's. Uh, I'll drink it. Uh, You'll thanks, Jason. It. I appreciate it. Um, today our catchphrase is from Miguel. Thank you, Miguel. Uh, and today we're talking about doubling a property's value, or at least, uh, how to make a big return on your initial investment. And here's, I mean, look, we both have properties. Yeah. I have one. You have multiple. Mm. Four. Uh, Four, right. Including the one you live in. And the one you live in, you've done, like, you've been intimate with the remodeling. Mm. And, and the one we owned before this. And, and the one you owned before that. I um I, I am an accidental landlord. I have done some I I guess remodeling, but so little because my house was brand new when I moved into it. So mm. it's only 10 years old. There's really not much to do there. But I want to buy a house, as you know, here in Colorado, and shit is expensive, as it is in Hoboken. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaning towards right now, I've been leaning a lot towards buying a house that needs a lot of remodeling because I think that's the best way for me to get the biggest bang for my buck. And so, and you have good taste, so you could yeah. really improve. And my things. dad is a kitchen and bathroom designer and a room designer in general. He already agreed to do everything for free, right? He did. He said he would pro bono. Yeah. Mm. No more than three years of work for free. Yeah, nice. yeah, free. Uh, so, I mean, look, I'm sure he would fly out. I mean, he listens. I'm sure he would fly out here and help me design some shit. My mom's an interior decorator. So, you know, mm. there's, I got, I got some help. You bring your and team I have, in. 
yeah, I have friends here too that are architects and have built their own houses. So like I, I have some people to to rely on. I have a couple contractors that I know. But 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 anyway. You know everybody. Fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I have my. I have. A, I have some people. I have not utilized them. So, my question, or our, I guess the question for the show is, how can you significantly increase the value of a property, and how do you make sure those investments are actually going to pay off? Because, like, I know, kind of, just through my dad or wherever, you should probably invest in the kitchen because mm. that's going to be the biggest bang for your buck. But I don't know. So. Um, let's but we have about, research and personal experience yeah. that we'll pin behind it. Yeah, sure. So I want to talk about qu- first preventative maintenance on a property. We have a question from a listener who asked, uh, I have a question about how to reduce long-term house costs by paying now for short-term maintenance. I really struggle with this. My brain thinks don't spend X dollars for HVAC maintenance, but then I think it could also break later and cost me much more. Are there ways to calculate what preventative maintenance truly saves in the long term? And that's from mm. Chloe. So um I love that question. It has been why? like a, a learning experience for me because um in the beginning I was actually really cheap with it. Where it was like, it works, I don't want to put money in, and when it breaks, you know, now I'll just get the best of the thing. So don't and- don't fix it in you know, don't break or what is it? Don't fix what's not broken or something. Yeah. Some, yeah. something like that. And I really looked at it as kind of just, just a pure cost and annoying. And, yeah. um, the first place I lived in, I learned really quick that like, just because this thing is 20 years old, if you could put a hundred dollars in, not to mention avoid, like, so we had this like a uh, water heater baseboard combo thing that was like from the start stone ages it was like massive or placing it's like tens of thousands of dollars it's this huge beast of a thing Mm -hmm. like i'll pay 200 bucks any day of the week to keep that beast rolling if not just to not have hot water for a month yeah kind of the same as going to the dentist right i'd much Mm -hmm. rather pay for two to four in my case cleanings a year rather than have to get you know some huge surgery later which yeah. is what happened to me. Like I, I waited 10 years to go to the dentist. You know, 10 not, years? 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Go. You and still I have had, a mouth. And I, and I went, <laughs> and I had to spend three grand to get all this work done. You know, like I had to get a deep clean on both sides of my mouth. I had to do all this work. Mm. And then, you know, now so, I just go, you know, now it's 300 bucks a year to, you know, just to get some. And it's like an easy minutes. thing. Like uh, we, our first rental property, I, I have not owned a physical home that like, a standalone, like a typical house. So yeah, a single family home. Right, like a single yeah. family home. But what our first rent or our second rental property is, um, or all of our rental properties are, and there's just like a lot of trees nearby. And I didn't know that you have to like clean the gutters every oh, X. Yeah. yeah. So never had that as part of our thing. No one's going to do it if I don't ask them to. And so they the gutters got so full and then rotted because of the shit that was hanging in it. They just fell off the house. Far more money to replace all the gutters than then send some dude just, up there with a ladder. Sure, you know. Well, how do you decide? How do you decide like how much to invest in what is in, in what to invest in? You know, like I like the HVAC issue, like the you know the air conditioning, heating, stuff like that. Absolutely, those. I mean, yeah, that goes. That's it's a probably huge a two expense. or three times a year thing, where you know whether you're cleaning the uh, 
ventilation, mm-hmm. yeah, filter, mm-hmm. or just whatever. Oh, replacing the air filter. Yeah. Because mm. that's a big ticket item also. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah, we just had ours replaced here in our in our place. I mean, I didn't have to pay for it because we were renting, but yeah, it was, I know it's, you know, $10,000, I think it was for it to get replaced. It was insane. We, we have a guy and I love him and he comes every year. Mm-hmm. Right about now, I literally have to call him. And we go up to the roof. He comes all the way up. He brings all his heavy shit up, three flights of whatever, to the roof. Yep. He spends all this time checking the Freon, this, that, whatever. I mean, like, hours, I feel like. And he bills me, like, a hundred-something dollars. Mm-hmm. So worth it. And he, and, you know. What else do you, what else would you consider, like, what other kind of maintenance tasks do you think would be helpful so that you don't have to, you know, maybe make a big expense later? I think that people put a lot, I mean, and look, and rightfully so, thought on like the inside of the house, but mm-hmm. um, shrubs and trees on the outside and, and roots can yeah. create cracks. And there are properties that we were looking to buy where literally vegetation kind of like destroyed the siding or whatever. Mm. And it becomes such a bigger thing than bringing someone in to just trim the hedges. Right. That's interesting. I didn't, you know, you don't really think about the outside too much, I guess. Mm. In that, in that sort of respect, I would think about, yeah, more the air conditioning, the heater, the water heater. Um, those are really the, the, the roof, you know. Is there, like, maintenance you can do on your roof? I guess the gutter thing is certainly one. Yeah, maybe need to, like, retar, replace a few shingles. Yeah, just keep oh. it, yeah. And so that way you don't have to replace your roof. And that's Yeah, and it's not too. like you have to constantly be fixing everything, but it's... You know, some stuff breaks. Like your kitchen counter probably will never break. You know, it's more an aesthetic. And there's no real maintenance to do in your kitchen, right? Besides Mm. like making sure the oven's clean because then you might, you don't want to have to replace that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there's actually a way to kind of like figure out an appropriate budget because I think Mm. if you uh, view it how I did in the beginning where each issue is like an expense uh, and an unplanned expense, you're reluctant to do it. But if you kind of allocate a certain amount every year, you're probably going to be under budget for the year and you're going to keep everything in excellent condition so it'll last longer. Oh, okay. Um, what is yours? So, uh, there, well, there's two main trains of thought. There's okay. this 1% rule, which is 1% of the price of the home, and you just basically spend that a year. So, if you bought a house for three hundred thousand, every year expect to spend three thousand on maintenance. Wow. Okay. And Damn, so that's you a lot. Kind of divide it by twelve. Yeah. Um. But once you start to divide it out, it's not that much, right? Sure. So, two hundred fifty dollars. You're not going to spend that a month. But yeah. You know, in the worst case scenario, you'll certainly be covered. But right, depends on the house. Like in Boulder, your properties are very expensive, so excessive. Yeah. The other way to do it is by square foot, once you budget a dollar per square foot for a year. So hmm. for my place, I have about a thousand square feet. So that means I would budget about a thousand dollars a year for maintenance. Yeah. But could also be a bit low. And so the maybe the winner is where you blend the two. You kind of just average yeah. both of them. Yeah, or you take into consideration how old the house is. Mm. It's another thing, too, because I feel like older houses may need a little bit more TLC than, say, my house in Jersey, which does not require really any maintenance. Also, because it's a condo, so there's not a lot of outdoor 
things I have to worry about. Oh, dude, that's absolutely a thing because older yeah. will just have issues. Yeah. And and with this like blended approach, um, they they it's kind of suggested that you just add 10% for each like issue. For example, if it's an old house, just add 10%. If it's o- an old house and you have freezing temperatures, it's mm. 10% plus 10%. So it's like 20%. Oh, wow. You know, or if it's like you're uh, on a floodplain, add it, yeah. so then it's like 30%. Right. And so if you have these like extenuating things, just kind of like bake it in. Huh. I like the idea of taking 1%. That makes sense to me. Because, you know, yeah, even if you don't end up spending it on the house, then you could just like use it for something cool in your house. Consider you know? it savings for you taking right. good care of your shit. Yeah. Exactly. Or buying good. Yeah. Um, now, I want to get into remodeling mm. because I think that that's the more fun thought process, right? I agree. You clearly are know more about this. I just have like anecdotal experience through my dad and through like friends who have remodeled and who have seen like increases in value or at least the the not even increases in value because I don't think that adding a kitchen, like a remodeling your kitchen necessarily increases the actual dollar amount but it's it increases the perceived value well I'll, I'll, to be perfectly honest i'm not sure i know that there is anything other than a perceived value i mean right okay because if, if you're selling to an investor you're you're getting you're, you're getting probably less than what right. the property's worth because everyone right. wants a deal so it's the same thing as the pool it depends on who you're selling it to yeah like and, and we have like some stats that are that are cool but like most projects in the kitchen will give you 90 plus percent of the value like and is back. that just because the kitchens utilize the most it's the, the the room that's utilized the most yeah I've heard the same thing about bathrooms too but but this like these numbers are kind of like for like investor type things or mm-hmm. you know okay. broad averages. Um, yeah. So what are your stats? My numbers. Your numbers. So uh, Laura and I bought a place for three twenty um, in Hoboken, three hundred twenty thousand. Yep. That was your last place. Our last place, and it's a con- and it's a condo technically, right? It's not a single con- family, right? right? Condo. Okay. We were one of ten units in the building. Okay. Um, and then in about three years time, we sold it for 440. So okay. we gained 120,000 like in profit or right? yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and we put in uh 19 and a half thousand in renovations into the property. Now, how much of that in those, in that three year time was just the overall area mm-hmm. increasing versus the 19,000 that you put into it? Or do you, I guess it's hard to say. So so hard to say, I think that there was certainly some of that, but what we took, what we did is we took a property that was at the very bottom of the pack and we mm-hmm. brought it into the middle of the pack. Got and it. so it was in Hoboken properties tend to flip like 30 to 60 days on a sale. Like they don't mm-hmm. stay on the market that long. Same. Yeah. This one was almost a year that it was sitting there because it just was a shitty place. Mm. And so we saw like really like replace the countertop instead of a cheap laminate falling apart thing. You put a few thousand. It's something decent middle yeah. level, not premium. Yeah. Uh, that granite? alone was it granite. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, actually we didn't even do that. We did silestone, which is a composite human uh, okay. made thing, but it yeah, looked nice. Yeah. And that, you know, it's functional. Yeah. We, we bought a f- like cheap appliances, like stainless steel, lowest end, New um, or used? New, but new. they were like 
you know, the cheapest you could go with them right. being stainless steel, you know, replaced windows that were like centuries old, the seams. You know just, what's crazy? You know what's huh. crazy? I just, I just so, so random. I've been to both places in Hoboken. Yeah. How the fuck did they get a fridge a refrigerator into your place? Oh my god, dude! Like, did they crane it? I get there's like no. They, there are guys who are just beasts, and they just carry it up. Uh, like those we, stairs are so tiny. So I'm five five. Yeah. And we had we just got our old tub removed because we we're replacing it, and it's yeah. it has cast iron in the inside, which I didn't realize. It's like that old school. Wow! And it's over four hundred pounds. This thing, and these three guys who are the same height as me, got it down that really narrow staircase. You know, I just I wish them good luck. And I was, <laughs> like, like, how refrigerator, how that refrigerator makes those turns in your place? I don't know. Not to, mm. not to go on a tangent, but that's just like insane to me. It, it's ridiculous. Um, so you did, because in this, so the, in the, your new place, mm. so you sold that place, you got a new place, you're doing renovations there too. So and, in, and in this in place kitchen. currently. Yeah. So the kitchen's done and we just replaced the countertop, backsplash, new lighting. Because I was in your kitchen. It looked fantastic. Mm. And I was like, what the hell are you changing? Like, why would you change anything? It yeah. was like, great. Like, it looked very modern. And it looked very like 21st century to me. And you were like, no, there's, there's, there's still changes to be made. So, um, I, I mean, we kind of thought that it was ugly. It was a bit dated. Uh, <laughs> and all right, yeah, sure. We're not looking to sell now, but we figure we might as well spend and then use it. So it'll, you know, right. to increase the so value. Get, but yeah, you know, well, whatever. And we we went more uh, like with white and more basic, so that we're not perhaps getting Locking style conflicts into, yeah right you know there was yeah, like so you almost have to think like you have to kind of think in the future a little bit like laura can attest i will refuse to do anything that won't get most people to agree that it's like good because it's ours for now but we're not going to stay here forever huh so what is it like in the, in your case like you have it you, your place is fairly nice mm. right and I'm kind of looking at um, both sides of it where it's like, you know, do I really want a beater? Do I want like a piece of shit that I have to like completely gut? Or do I want to just do some like light remodeling? Like in your case, you're doing some light remodeling in this place. Whereas the other place, I think you did more of a gut job, right? Well, yeah. And, and I think what you need to do is you need to like understand where in the market you think your property is or so a first one. In Hoboken at 320 is like the most entry level. It maybe maybe doesn't get cheaper than that in Hoboken. Mm. And so we bought like at the low of the low market, and the idea was to shift it into the middle, right? And okay. the one that we have now is maybe in the upper middle, and we want to really solidify it in the the upper tier. Like it, we bought it as a two bed one bath with an office. We're going to yeah. sell it as a premium decked out three bed one bath by adding a door on my office and just some mm -hmm. basic stuff to really just Interesting. move it up a bit. Is there any numbers that we have for this particular like do we know how much is this actually worth or like you know because like I I feel like it's speculation at this mm -hmm. point right a lot of it is oh it's it, cer it certainly is okay like, okay um as with most things, like 
we okay, here's the thing. You could talk about Apple and you could talk about its intrinsic value. And this is mm-hmm. like a thing that Warren Buffett uh, uses to evaluate his investments and it has to do with their assets and their cash flow and stuff like that. And so I think, yeah. and I know we've talked about this, just kind of like studying Boulder, for example. Like mm-hmm. Laura and I walk down the street, we see a nice place. We pull up on our phone, we try and guess what it is. We look at the pictures, try and understand why things are the prices they are. And I think once you know what people will pay for, then then you can kind of give that to them. And so that's really how we approach this. Oh, that, that's okay. That is interesting. Because, because look, rich people live here. And so they want, you know, really nice, nice whatever. And so we're just going to deliver on that for them. What's interesting about that is you're, 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 man, you kind of just reframed it for me. Cause like as a, um, like as a software, like we, we own internet companies. And so mm-hmm. like we do competitor research and we see what other people are doing and we, and we're building a product right now and we're looking at what other products do that are similar. And we're just going to try to outdo that. Yeah, you know, by adding certain things to it that'll increase, and then we price accordingly, right? So I, if I look at it like a business where you're trying to, it is, <laughs> it is in a way, yeah. But if you're like, okay, like our place right now, you know, if you look at places that have similar square footage and similar, you know, just looks and feels, and then are good in similar neighborhoods, then you kind of get they're called comps, I believe, right? When you look yeah, at like comparables, like comparables, yeah, like. In, the, in your neighborhood, and you're like, all right, well, this is what things are going for here. Well, hell, if I come in to this place and increase, like, like most of these kitchens are like kind of the same or kind of like the same, like we like level up that, all of a sudden we can increase the value of the home because it's, you know, because people are going to go look at all of those places as well as yours and go, oh shit, we want this one because yeah. it's got the, the and it's like kitchen. You may yeah. be in the $200,000 home bracket. And so perhaps it's worth looking in the $300,000 home bracket and doing the comparison, like what is really different between mm-hmm. your place and that place. Um, and I think like, interestingly, like we've put in uh, $1,000 less so far in this place than our previous place, but because it's more up market and the numbers perhaps mean less when it's like, really high you yeah. know smaller improvements can have a bigger impact so what are those do we know so do we already uh, answer that yeah so kitchen bathroom uh there are certain things that just won't really return like a backyard patio it won't i mean not really okay. uh and so um just yeah. kind of Bathroom, kitchen are the it, big. It just, yeah, and that makes sense because those are the rooms that are used and are actually functional. Mm. Whereas, like a bedroom is not a func; it's a square, right? right? You put whatever you want into it. A kitchen has functionality to it. A bathroom has functionality to it. Again, a backyard patio or a deck is just a square. We want to take a break. Yes, let's take a break. Chug some and, beer. Yeah, drink some beer. When we come back, I want to talk about this idea of like a total gut job. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just like I, I'm. I'm. Ha- I have this like fantasy. Don't know if it's worth the time or the effort or the money, but we'll talk about that. We'll be right back. Let's talk about gut jobs, hmm. big projects, big ass projects. Um, any of the houses that you have in your rental properties were they were all moving ready? They were all, uh, but they were, I guess. Depends. We had we bought two 
you know, houses that Laura and I would be happy to live in in one super shithole mm. house. Was that the one in Illinois? Yeah, Indianapolis. Yeah. Indianapolis. Um, and why? Well, that was the first one you bought too. That right? was the first one we bought. Um, because the numbers, uh, you, when you kind of put yeah. it on the spreadsheet, it was a thirty-nine percent uh, cash on cash. So return. D- like ridiculous. It was high. just like so high. Like I just remember like laughing and joking with people. I mean, there's no appliances in there. Could you believe there, this? No way. There, it was BYO appliances. And until we evict this, evicted the that. second tenant, two people moved in and brought all their shit because apparently crazy. if you go to the lowest part of the market possible, that's a common thing. Blows huh. my mind. But Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So not a gut job then. You didn't like strip it to the to the you know the the frame and then rebuild it. So so we bought it as a gut job after the fact. So it was basically it was a shithole oh, that was, was gutted, given to us. Got it. And then um, after our second tenant, we had to do a, a fair bit of work, but it wasn't everything to the to the frame. Yeah. Have you have you ever wanted to do that? No. <laughs> Why not? Ha- have you ever been inside a place that's been gutted? Or, or like watched how terribly long and all the like. I mean, I watched the shows. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you know, here and there you watch some shows. I've watched how I mean, my I watched my house be built, mm. but not gut it. No, I'm, and a lot of houses around here in Boulder, that's what they do. They gut them because they can't change. They can't knock them down. Mm. So my my thought was, isn't it easier to just knock down a house that's like a piece of shit and then just rebuild from scratch, or is it easier to do a gut job? Like literally like strip it down to the studs and then rebuild on top of that. Okay. Depends. And I'll give you an example of, or at least the examples I understand. So mm-hmm. in Hoboken, as in a lot of Manhattan, yeah. these brownstones were tenement buildings. And so my 4,000 square foot or 4,000, I wish my <laughs> thousand square foot apartment <laughs> yeah. um, housed like something like four or more families on it. Whoa. Right. I mean, it was just different times and yeah. I mean, it was, Terrible. They were like literally burning coal in the furnace and yeah. whatever. And so the layout was structured to support that. Um, mm-hmm. And if you kind of like look at a lot of the homes in Hoboken or just like old places in Manhattan, they're more railroad style, which is yeah. more, you know, and they're, they're structured differently. So the guy before me gutted this to make it a better layout. Mm-hmm. And I think a layout improvement, if you have a shit layout, can help. Right. Well, in, the, in your case, you just are adding a door to a, like your office doesn't have a door on it, right? right. So you can't l- technically call it a bedroom. Right, because it's a, a, I think it's door, window, closet. Or like to, the, yeah, there has to be a window and it has to be a door. And there, I guess there has to be a closet. I didn't know that. I, I so, believe that's the Jersey requirements. That makes sense. And then so by adding a door, you literally can add another bedroom, which I, in, increases the perceived value for sure. Right, because then we could even be at the bottom of the market for three bedrooms, which is yeah. a whole separate audience. Right. So that's not a big renovation, but you're saying that the person before you really did like strip this whole place down, knock down every wall, and then re laid out the whole thing. Yeah. That's so if you found a place that was shitty and old and terrible layout, then yes. But it was good. But so in Boulder, I think, and again, we're talking about two like very high end places, and I know this is not the same everybody everywhere in the world, but like these, they still have the same perceived value. Like this, it's all relative, mm. right? 
Whereas like if we do these, you know, it may cost us more. We may get more money for our home by doing these projects here. But you renovate a kitchen or you do a gut job in the Midwest somewhere. It, it, it's it's not going to be nearly as much, but it will. It's relative, right? Mm. Well, I guess my gut, I would my look guess. at. So yeah, I, I would say I would say it's relative. Also, you know, costs are going to be lower. Like everyone charges us more here. Yeah, but but I'm just really in love with this this idea of buying like a, a real laggard in in like a up and coming or even already there market. You know. Yeah, I think. I'm 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 sort of on this this idea of there's there's shit is very expensive here. My brain constantly thinks about home, which is South Jersey to me. Mm. And so like I'm looking at these houses in South Jersey because my brother's looking for a house, and so I'm kind of like you know looking at houses with him, very very minorly. I did it for like a day. Mm. I was just like, oh my god! Like, could you imagine? Yeah. Oh, this like the the, the 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 square footage for the amount of money is so cheap compared. Yeah. To, I mean, when I compare it out here, I'm just like, oh my god! Like, and then out here, I'm kind I'm constantly thinking, how the fuck does anyone afford anything out here? Like, how how is it possible? And I, so now I'm like, well, you know, you you had expressed to me uh, on on a, on I don't know if it was recorded or not. If we did an episode about it in December. But I, this idea that you should find a deal, and I think that's what you you tend to look for in a home is like in everything. For a, yeah, sure, in everything. You're right, but you don't you don't look for a gut job. You look for something that's just like needs some maybe some serious TLC, but not like completely needs to be like remodeled. Like if there's like mold, you know, I'm not there. Like that's not for me. But I think if you could walk in and you could imagine. The place yes. from a two hundred thousand dollar to a three hundred thousand, or from a whatever. Yeah. If you can picture what could potentially be done, like to increase the value, get your half of the way there, right? Right. So, like, don't buy look, a shithole and then figure it out. So you look for a house that like you could live in, and it may not be the best, but you like in a, in a and you could be living there, and then in six months, you know, slowly make these improvements, and it just gets better and better as you're living there. Mm. Versus my thought, which is like. Maybe in order for me to get like such a such a great deal that I get a piece of garbage that I completely renovate or knock down and I just buy it for the land. N- knowing knowing your situation, well, first of all, one, I would not do that. I would find one that doesn't need to be leveled, but I would find a shithole. And I think that um, you and Stephanie can certainly Stephanie could certainly live in there while pieces are done, you know. Mm. And maybe if you give yourself a one to two month gap from leaving your rental to moving in there, where you guys kind of like rip out some garbage stuff, throw on mm-hmm. some paint, just clean it, uh, and then improve over time. Over t- yeah, that's the way you would do it. Mm. Because I mean, like I I know that. I have time and I work from home. So like I can, I could oversee that sort of project, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Mm. And that's the thing. I well, think that's a why lot you need your team. You need people well, who well, know. And then when sure. they say this kitchen reno is $30,000, you could be like, and there's the door and you can just leave. <laughs> well, how do you know that? Because I, yes, I could ask my dad. I could just be like, Hey, I, I got a, a quote from this guy. Our first uh, quote was from to- home Depot. 
You go there, they for 50 bucks, they'll send a guy out to measure it. And if you go with them, they add that $50 as part of the thing. But for Laura and I, $50 to get someone in and to tell us all the pieces was so worth it. He's done a million kitchens, mm. you know? And then how do you know that you're not getting like ripped off? From Home Depot? Home Depot will not risk their reputation <laughs> on my house. Well, you okay, know? so you get, you get the initial pricing from them and then you shop around. Yeah, and you, you can just get an idea. Like we had brought in multiple people with wildly varying bids. Mm-hmm. Um, we... We, we suffered more than we had to because he brought in someone very cheap. Um, but I think someone in the middle would have probably been better in terms of stress. Mm-hmm. But uh, you'll, you'll quickly, you, if you talk to three to five people, you'll you just get a sense. You'll know exactly what it's worth. So every, I've heard you know people just being completely stressed out by this. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I kind of don't get it because I feel like as a, even as a business owner, but also somebody who grew up understanding that world like i know that world very you know mm. I, I dad does it my mom was in it you've heard like, about it a million times I've heard about it yeah, yeah i've played with uh you know you know like wood samples and my, you know my dad <laughs> does it so it's like I, I and i like used to hang out in showrooms like i don't know my brain i don't see where the stress comes in at mm. but then i look i watch these shows or i talk to other people and they're like oh it sounds so stressful and i'm Dude, like putting the project together is hard i think the best way is to kind of know all the things you need to do before the person's there, like pick the tiles, pick the this, right. decide on all. Too. Because right now, Laura and I don't we we have a bathroom. It's mm-hmm. to the studs, literally, and uh, we're on week two, and we're we're literally still buying shit because I didn't know that the overflow from the tub is a special piece that has to be oh. bought. You know, and where are you buying those things from? Amazon. Oh, okay. You know, tile. So you're from- doing a lot of that buying. You're not. Yeah, I mean, I'm buying and I'm talking with the guy and I'm like, hey, is this the right one? But, you know, most of the decisions, 80% were made before we started the project. So the one-offs, it's easier to kind of pal. Yeah. How do you, I just, I guess like, that. I mean, I guess that makes sense. And you just want something that you can live in and it feels good, but. It doesn't sound stressful to me because I don't mind. Like it's construction. Like you oh, know, it's dude, being it's built. super stressful. So uh, why? So living in a construction zone will strain you and Stephanie to degrees you don't even know. Oh, uh, I see. I don't see it. You I do, don't. I don't. Yeah, because you haven't lived in a construction zone. But I've no. But it's I not know. even having not a kitchen. It's having people in and out of your place. Having to wear shoes, dust everywhere. It just. Uh, all of the things that were in your kitchen are now in your bedroom or, you know, yeah, I think but it's I kn- the but, soft but, but, things. Sure. But I, I kind of think like, well, I know that what's going to end up being the end result is mm. well, is worth this minor inconvenience. I agree. And I've okay. become more flexible with it. The first yeah. time we did it, Laura it and I, it was very tough. We had no, now, we had no expectations. Now, how do you like, budget for this sort of thing because like that's the one thing that i am that's i'm a little skittish about when it comes to this idea of like let, all right so like most the medium price of a home here just to give some context is about five hundred thousand dollars which to me is fucking outrageously crazy that's that's super right? high i think yeah yeah it's i think it's crazy um and you would say it's maybe really, more in the 250 range is maybe a more no that's that is the national is oh, 250 250 is the national Oh, yeah. where you are, you're saying is, is, five- is double. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And so I'm saying, I'm thinking like, well, what if I bought something that was in the national average that was 250? Mm. Obviously, that's going to be not a great place here, right? Because it's half the amount of a normal of a normal house. I'm worried that, you know, yes, I bought a $250,000 property. And then how do you know how much it's going to cost to get it to be worth 500000 but not end up spending that much? So, mm. for example, there's a house across the street. Mm. It's a piece of shit. Somebody bought it, remodeled it, and for a p- p- period of time, they lifted the whole fucking house off the ground and redid the whole foundation. That's insane. And, and so don't you have to kind of know, like, don't you have to have a little bit of knowledge going into a property like that of what to look for? That sounds like off the that. rails to the max. And maybe okay. they're going to live there for the rest of their lives, which is bullshit. Well, they, no, they, they, they rented it to a bunch of college kids. So it's like, because we're in a college town. Yeah. So I, I would be curious to see the numbers and how, I mean, just the cost of lifting a house up. I couldn't imagine yeah. that working out in your favor. Right. But the like, thing is, that's one of those things that like they didn't know was going to be needed. And I, it was like, ah, shit. There's like, mm. that's a, you know what I mean? Like, so how do you budget for something like that? I would say, look, you do your inspection, you get your person in there that you, you know, talk to the guy, whatever girl, check the foundation. I, I mean, like, look, you can't know all the things that you don't know, but yeah. when you're renovating, and I think this is the trap that people fall into, is that if you're buying this property that's like depressed in the market, mm-hmm. um, the goal is not to take it from the most bottom tier and make it the absolute lap of luxury. Developers do that, and they're in the business yeah. of doing that, and they pay guys to work on the house nothing an hour, and they've done it a million times. And they have probably have deals with getting materials in yeah. bulk because they're doing it multiple times. So that, yeah. That's not you. you you're not going to be able to uh, take a bottom okay. and move it to the top. Like You were in my place, and yeah, like we had a stainless steel appliance and stuff, but we took it from the bottom. We moved it to a moderate middle. You know, bottom basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like we we discussed about the fridge. Like, I don't know, because we were actually thinking of renting it. I don't want a renter to have a thousand dollar fridge. I want a renter to have a two hundred dollar fridge. There's nothing in that range. Fine. I'll have a five hundred dollar fridge. Got it. Okay. So what about this idea of flipping? Because I know I I know people who there was a there was a very very short period of time where flipping was all the rage. Do you Mm. like is am I wrong in that assessment that I thought like so I can see somebody with zero knowledge of house shit at all, which is me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a team of like, I had no people who know things, but I don't know shit. So I go into a house and I'm like, man, this is a gut job, but like, I don't care what it costs. Like, I'm just going to go and do it. And then you end up spending way more money than you ever thought. And it becomes not a deal at all. And people get stuck in that trap a lot, mm. you know? So what is, how do you, how should you look at something like that? Like, is there a number? Is there a, um, like a, like, is there a rule? I guess for looking at um, a house and going like, well, if the house is worth two hundred and fifty thousand, or that you're it's being sell, sold for two hundred fifty thousand, like, don't spend more than X because it's at that point right. you're still like diminishing returns. So I'll I'll say that I am not. Uh, I would never be in a flipper category, and I think that sure. is for specialists. I I, I do long term things yeah so flipping and i mean laura and i lived in there for three years so i guess mm-hmm. we did flip it but you know i don't know what like the average three years. length of time people stay in a place sure. not 30 years i would say 
Um, but there, there is like some rough math behind this. And so, okay. Say, say you had a hundred thousand dollar place mm-hmm. or you imagine it was going to be a hundred thousand dollars in value, but you needed yes. to put, you know, $20,000 of work in. Well, mm-hmm. then you should only buy it for 80 because then you spent 80, you put mm-hmm. $20,000 in and now it's worth a hundred. And so yes. like that makes sense, but you obviously wouldn't make any profit on that. Right. Because you'd be pretty much, even. yeah, exactly. And then you had to like live through all this stuff. So it's whatever. Right. And so there needs to be some sort of discount that mm. you could factor in so that right. you could add it up together. And um, the, the general kind of uh, rule of thumb is you would pay 70%. So you'd get a profit of 30%. So if you were going to buy for, it was going to be add up to 100, right? So you uh-huh. bought it for 80 and you add in 20, you just take, 70% of 80,000 to figure out how much uh-huh. you'd pay for it. So instead of paying the 80,000, it would actually cost 56,000. Okay. And this way, you could buy it for 56,000, add in 20 of work, which is right. 76,000, and right. then you would have profit when you sell it for 100. Okay. And you just have to do that negotiation, I guess. Right. And you just have to know your and maybe the 70% is not your thing. Maybe you're cool with 80 or you want more but you have to know mm. your rule because right otherwise it's not going to work out now it's okay so as far as like financial payoffs are concerned what is there anything else that makes it worth doing like makes any renovation or you know obviously like the 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 value of it for yourself having a nicer fridge is nice yeah you know? i mean look like you Laura and I have only done it when we got to live kind of in the results because why yeah. do it for only someone else when you can do it sure. for them in the future? Yes. Um, that said, uh, the the profit from the last place that we sold, the 120000 mm-hmm. that was like a year's salary, if not more for me at the time. Yeah. You know, and so I think like the, the payout is there, but there's going to be and, you, and it's a down payment for your next place. Yeah, and then we were literally able to take that sale and our original 20% down payment and roll it in and not have to add anything in to get this yeah. place, which is a was a massive upgrade for us. Yeah. And I guess too if you're into that sort of shit, like if you're a handy person or you're like you want to learn how to do hardwood floors or add countertops or any of that, like I could see that being interesting. Like I brew my own beer, like I want to know every single piece of the puzzle. And do it myself. So I think if you're into that sort of thing, that could be rewarding. That's that's a, that's a, that's rewarding, but not financially. I think I think if you think of it like this, say say you were looking to add a hundred thousand dollars in value to a place. You bought a place uh-huh. at two hundred. You're going to sell it at three hundred. So you'd profit a okay. hundred. Yeah, a hundred thousand dollars in terms of like a twenty percent down payment would cover a five hundred thousand dollar house. Yes. So you could buy a two hundred thousand dollar place. Yep. Fix it up, sell it at three hundred thousand, and essentially add no money in, and go from a two hundred thousand dollar place to a five hundred thousand dollar place, right. with not adding any. Obviously, your monthly payment will go up, but sure. I think, like in terms of like upgrading your place and moving up market, it's a good way to view it. You know, mm. where um, your upgrade is paid for in your ingenuity. I like that. That's a way. That's a good way to think about it. I just want to go into a million dollar home and not pay a million dollars. Is that okay? Yeah. (laughs) Me too. Is there anything else you want to say about increasing property value? That's all I got, man. 
That's all you got? All right, same here. So if you missed anything, we'll have everything in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And either check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. Please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us. Point them to your favorite episodes and hopefully they'll become a subscriber too. And I also want to point out, we have an app. If you're interested in doing any sort of like property investment, mm. right? Yeah. Um, it's called Investable. It used to be called Simple Wealth and now it's called Investable. So go to getinvestable.co. That is also in the, the our toolbox, which we mentioned at the end of the show, which is listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So if you can't remember, get investable. It'll be in the show it's notes. Eight. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. And Me and you have kind eight. of like revamped it a little bit. Yep. But, uh, yeah, but it is simple wealth. Basically, yeah. It's basically if you want to understand the money that you're going to put in and if it will actually pay off, like what the yields yeah. will be, like we, we built this essentially to solve that problem. And earlier you mentioned like the cash on cash on your first property being at like 38% or whatever it was, mm. some su- super high thing like that you used this tool to figure that yes. out. Yes. And, and I literally checked the differential before we got on by just tweaking the numbers in Investable. So there you go. So go to getinvestable.co. And if you have any questions or topics you want us to talk about on future episodes, please email us, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. Again, everything's available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. All right, that's it. Later, Andrew. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 